Welcome to the Inspiring Tech Leaders podcast with me, Dave Roberts. This week, my special guest is Avril Chester, founder and CEO of Cancer Central UK and also CTO at the Royal Institute of British Architects. Avril is an award-winning technology entrepreneur, executive, speaker, author, and cancer thriver. She has featured in Computer Weekly's Most Influential Women in UK IT in 2020, and in 2019, she won the Entrepreneur of the Year at the Women in IT Awards. Avril is a board member for the studio at home and is part of the Three Digital Amigos podcast. After attending the British School of Brussels in Belgium, which is ranked as one of the best schools in the world, Avril graduated from the University of Plymouth with a Bachelor of Science degree in Media Lab Arts. It's wonderful to have you with us here today, Avril. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. So just to start off, yeah, how did you start a career in technology and was it the path that you always expected to take? Ooh, yeah, I'm going to go back in time. And in fact, I'm going to go back to my schooling purely because um, I was in the first year uh, GCSE where information technology came out. It was obviously a really, really big thing back then. And when we were looking at GCSE choices, you know, it's like, oh, new, something called information <laughs> technology. Um, and, you know, you know, you go to these sort of like, you know, things and uh, and I'm, I distinctly remember my mum and she said you know what should I think you should take that I think there's something in this future with computers <laughs> I mean talk about amazing hindsight right? <laughs> so I took I took my little first GCSE which then went on into um, computer science A level and then um, off into university where which it was a very different course actually I did a dissertation on cyborgs it was fantastic. It was all about the way technology and humans and you, you could do the virtual. I did the sort of physical and, and the way it's interacted. And then, of course, you should have pop out, don't you? And you go, oh, there's no cyborgs in the world. What am I going to do with myself? <laughs> um, and, I, and I went and I, I really was lost. I was like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to do. And I went on a, a graduate management scheme and, you know, these things, they take you around, which is it, such a great concept. They put you into different types of departments, don't they? And you, you learn very quickly what you are not good at <laughs> uh, and then you know sort of found my way from there really and it, it sort of started projects programs and then you know it's I sort of gravitated then into the technology deliveries into then the functional head of technology because I always had an interest in sort of technology and and, and how sort of the, the interaction I suppose you know sort of with us so it, it was was it a predefined <laughs> career path? Not really, but technology's always always been there in my life. And how did you go about securing your first CTO role? For me, I was a um, huge case of imposter syndrome because you've got so many routes in to that exec level of, of technology because technology is so vast and I didn't come from a very traditional mainframe background or very traditional development background in fact in fact if you saw my development back at uh, um, uni days you really really wouldn't take me on um, so what I was sort of trying to demonstrate was what can I bring to the party and what leadership skills and understanding of technology solutions and requirements and strategy and being that sometimes, you know what it's like, that that bridging conversation. 
that's where there's a fantastic I've had so many amazing managers in, in, in my life but it was it was Mark Forstrom who gave me the first sort of bit into uh, IT director and because you're always conscious I don't I don't have it in my previous job title will you accept me um, and he could see the background he could see the, the support and the the application support and the things that I've been doing and he went yeah you know um here we are here's here's your little department and I was like oh hello everyone <laughs> as you do um and and yeah it started from there and uh, now CTO of the uh, Royal Institute of British Architecture which is it's phenomenal and amazing and I'm, I'm very grateful to be there and you're also the founder and CEO of Cancer Central UK so can you tell me more about the you know the mission and, and, and vision of this fantastic social enterprise Yes, I don't have much of a life, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> very busy. Very busy. Yeah, very busy. No, this 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 is my passion. Um, it, it's something that was born out of my experience of, of going through breast cancer, and effectively, Cancer Central is helping people affected by cancer to find the support and information they need. There are some amazing initiatives out there. There's some amazing companies. There's some amazing Facebook groups. There's people who want to connect with other people. There's people who want to share and, and support other people, and just finding those connections, particularly in an online space. Particularly, maybe it's for a family member that live in a different part of the country than you, and you 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 can't just pop into the notice board in the, in the hospitals and things like that. What are the insurance products now? What about the nutrition advice? So that's really what it's about. But where it's kind of come from is I really wanted people to have the opportunity to contribute because too many people are affected by cancer and not everyone has the luxury or can afford to work for a charity or a firm that supports people directly with cancer. So we, we've come up with a term, it's innovation. I will get this in Wikipedia one day and you can use it, Dave, you can use it. It's community and innovation um, and anyone can play a part. It can be a workshop day, an idea, they can create a policy, they can develop something for us, they can do a little animation for us. By the way, I'm looking for someone to help with that. Uh, <laughs> they can do all sorts of things and, and effectively between this, we're creating this central resource to guide people. And so far we've received over 55,000 donated hours from over 250 individuals and 50 organizations it's phenomenal so we're a very little social enterprise with the really big vision that's absolutely fabulous so can you tell me more about how you know tech has been used for good especially you know during the the global pandemic as well I know I'd love to in fact I got I got quite it's a bit of an amusing story not the story itself but just me um so I uh, this was just literally the night as we were going into lockdown. I used to stay up in, in London during the week with work. So there I was. I looked like bag lady on the train. I was trying to pack everything in. I had this, I had the crunchy nut box under my arm so I couldn't fit in anywhere. It was hilarious. And uh, on the train, I got a, a phone call from my my board advisor. And they had got a, a intern that NHS Scotland had reached out to them and, and a number of um, a number of their contacts and said, hey, Obviously, COVID-19, like like any of the of health service, it has been directly hit and affected. Their one 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 call volumes had gone through the roof. In fact, call rate times went to five hours. Really distressing for those trying to answer the phone as quickly as possible, yet deliver the best customer service. And this is, he said, to be anything you can do to help. And, and funny enough, we had just been with my partners at uh, Amido, sort of replatforming my little ask, have my little chatbot on Cancer Central. <laughs> and 
we said, of course, you know, how, how can we help? So within 24 hours, we showcased and got a little demo on the site and they, they decided to take a chance on us and, and, and go with it and, and try this innovation. And, um, we, you know, we, we got it live within a month which was phenomenal, obviously, sort of approved information because it's, you know, they manage them in the content, we train them up on it. And now we've, we've had, well, our SCAV has handled over half a million messages to support COVID-19 in, in Scotland and just some of the, obviously the, the more generic questions that are much easier to answer, freeing up the team to have those more specific conversations. So huge kudos to our partners Amido and NHS Scotland team who took a chance, took an innovation chance, and it's it's really paid off. And it, it's been a real honour to have a tiny, tiny, tiny part to support and help in this pandemic. That's really good. Is is there any um, opportunities to expand that into other NHS trusts? Yeah, the politics, Dave. The I, politics. Can, I can imagine. You can imagine. Um, so we're, we're, we're keen to help obviously continue with, with Scotland and we, we actually branched out into the vaccines. So we, we've helped them sort of all out. I'd love to. I would love to help. I mean, we, we've got a solution. It's a managed service. Obviously, you know, after operational costs, the money goes to support Cancer Central platforms. So it's helping us keep Cancer Central free. So it's a, it's a lovely cycle of where the money's going, if you see what I mean. I'm sure there's a posh word for this, Dave. Um, <laughs> as you can tell, business development is not my forte. But I'd love to. But I know that there's 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 all sorts of barriers. There's all sorts of things. And, and then, you know, we just keep knocking on doors and, and maybe one day. Well, hopefully there's some um... CTOs or CIOs from NHS trusts listening to this podcast and can look to take advantage of the uh, ASCAV tech that you've developed. It's it's something which we should, should really try and encourage to go into more NHS trusts. But it's, it's not just Thank NHS you, trusts that you've, you've been working on. I know you've, you've also created the uh, the Tech Carbon Impact Wiki as well. So can you share some, some details about how this fantastic <laughs> initiative is going as well? when you reflect back on the year ago actually it's been quite busy isn't it it's got a lot done. I, so got a lot done so rba you know obviously there we're, we're hugely passionate about the 2030 climate challenge and, and it was one of those things where sort of i joined my my first full month was in the january 2020 just before the lockdown and i was sort of thinking you know obviously there's things we're doing to help support the architecture community you know around the data and things like that but i felt as as myself and as a tech department what what can we do? You know, I, I was feeling a little bit sort of disconnected a bit. And I was thinking there must be something we can do. And, and I just started to, to read some articles. And to be perfectly honest with you, I was incredibly naive before I even sort of started reading these articles. And, you know, if I may, there's just some incredible stats out there. So pre-lockdown, video streaming, obviously, was completely on the rise. So this is before Disney Plus. This was before Apple TV. And the shift project was sort of saying, hey, you know, the carbon footprint and impact generated just by us having the sort of streaming service is equivalent to a country like the size of Spain. And that really, I took a bit of a sharp breath at that point because I thought, gosh, well, we're doing more technology now. What, what do, you know, obviously, we burn energy. We do this, we do that. So I started to explore and really sort of, and then we went into lockdown and of course we're using it much more. So we we then held a digital leaders workshop. Some fantastic colleagues came along and it was a bit like asking the audience. It's like, hi, 
why what do you what are you doing can we learn can we do something what can we do in our day-to-day personalized but also as a technology department within an organization you know not all of us work for a technology organization and some people don't as such a small SME they don't even have tech departments someone's doing it in their spare time so what what can we do and I learned all sorts of things again I'm I'm going to read this because it is absolutely phenomenal so smartphones use 90% of their greenhouse gases in a production phase So this means by the time you get it out of this box, it's already made a really big impact. And if you keep your phone on average for two and a half years, if you keep it for an additional year, you will extend it by 40% of its lifetime. This makes a whopping 25% saving on your carbon footprint. So by keeping your phone an extra year, 25% saving because the highest amount of that carbon production it's in its production stage and thank you shift project that's amazing so all this stuff came through and coming back to your original question sorry I was going a bit around the houses but I think that was really important to explain the hows and the whys we were learning all this great stuff and there's a wonderful CIO Carolyn Morgan that started to sort of help out and Abigail McDougall and my team and, and and then it was like we should put it in a wiki because other people have information and other people know what they're doing and other people can give ideas and share their case studies. And between us, we can take each step on the journey and start to address our impact. And that's where it came from. So I know we also were on a uh, panel discussion recently where we discussed the importance of environmental social governance. Can you perhaps share with some of the listeners what the Royal Institutes of British Architects are doing to support green IT in a more general manner? Absolutely. And and that was a great panel. Really enjoyed it. You a fabulous moderator, as always, Dave. So, I mean, we started small because a lot of it, you you know, it's a bit like you look at the elephant and go, oh, (laughs) where do we start? Um, And so the the first things first was actually writing a description, little piece into every single one of our job descriptions. So in the technology department, we all have a part to play in thinking about green IT. So what we do and what we implement and how we respond to things, it's all within our objectives. So that's that's sort of step one. And then we looked at KPIs. Again, you know, it's lovely if you can go big, but it's being realistic. So what can you do? You know, what upcycling can you do? We always gave um, that sort of old equipment away, but where is that going? Is there a better place? Is there a better thing you, you can do with that sort of type of thing? The next part we were sort of looking at is, you know, how do we create, you know, looking at the energy usage that we're doing, you know, at the end of the day, you know, a number of us keep our monitors sort of on standby or or whatever. So we're, we're now looking into that. It's more about the energy uses at home because obviously a number of us are here right now. So we're looking into how we can educate. So we've been doing a couple of things internally about sort of sharing you know what, did you know there was this big green IT thing? You know, let's have a look at it. So it's still very small steps, admittedly. And I really would encourage anyone listening, please share your steps on that wiki. Please update it. Please do that because we we need to look at what steps we're going to do next. And you will be able to advise us as well. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think sharing that type of information and insight can only help, help us all together. So what has been your career highlights to date and what do you think has been your proudest moments in your career so far you know out of all the crescent dave i found this the hardest <laughs> um <laughs> 
there, there's because in a way there's so many highlights be because I've been fortunate enough to work with many different organizations and, and many different people and I've learned things along the way I was thinking well each bit's a highlight and I am I opted for going for a, a bit of an obvious choice here but there's a reason for this because I think when people look at career highlights it means everyone's got things sussed uh, and I think I just want to be sort of very open about that. So a, a, an absolute career highlight to me was winning Entrepreneur of the Year at the Women IT Awards in 2019. I literally nearly fell off my chair. When they, when they announced my name, I my, my platform, Cancer Central, had only been live about, you know, four months. Uh, and it was about how we were approaching it and what we were doing and that sort of side of things. And, and it, it, it was a really proud moment because I... It's very scary. Just I, I denounced on LinkedIn, you know, in 2018. Hi, I'm going to do a startup. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I got the money and we're just going to go for it. And to receive an award for taking that chance and for people to believe in you. That's why it meant something to me. It's they believe in me. And I don't know about you. There's always moments where you don't believe in yourself. And for them to believe in me was was an absolute incredible moment and I'll forever be grateful because you know the next part and the reason why I wanted to pick that slightly obvious one is it doesn't necessarily mean then that you find things easy <laughs> I find there's so many days there's so many things I want to do in cancer for example and we can only go as fast as we can because everyone's given their time so graciously in their spare time and there's things and people have invested in me and I go, I'm going to, I'm scared of failing in that sense, Dave. I'm scared of, you know, everyone's had all this great faith in me. And I'm like, oh, so career highlights do come with wobbles mm. uh, and tissue boxes sometimes, actually, I, I find. So I think that's why I picked that one. It's, there's always something, it's like the screen at work, isn't there? There's always something going on behind the screen and something in, in people's lives that you you may not may not know. So a real highlight, it keeps me going. It keeps me, keeps the drive actually, because I'm like, I'm not going to fail people. I'm going to keep going when I have my really difficult days. Well, it's uh, certainly something to be proud about. So I, I think it's a very good one to select. So w- what's the next step in, the, in your career journey with so many things going on? Yeah, w- what, what's next for you? Oh, what's next? So big plans for Counter Central, um, you know, with, with with who we have and, you know, if you want to join us, <laughs> uh, help out. Always um, help, yeah. It's always it's helping. Um, so we, we've got big plans for that. And of course, I want to grow it. You know, the, the, the main thing is, is the content. You know, if, if you know of anyone in your local community that deliver a product or service or have a story or run an event, please please get them. If you hope you don't mind me, Dave, just quickly, uh, please get them to log in, get a profile, share it because the platform's there. We we just don't know what's going on in the world. So uh, we definitely need that help. But the next step, if we talk about ROBA, um, I've just launched internally the new technology strategy. Gosh, it's July now, isn't it? Uh, So uh, we've got a two and a half year transformation journey ahead. And it's a a real privilege because architects have such an influence on on our lives and the built environment and and society. And it's an over 180-year-old organization. And they've got some really... They're, they're trusting me to be brave, Dave, which is 
really fabulous. So again, don't want to let them down, but we're going to be brave. We're going to be changing. Um, there's some stuff, the standards that a lot of us in technology get, you know, we need to get some rid of some of the legacy and all of that kind of stuff. But there's some real, hopefully some real innovation that's coming through that, that we're doing that I'm looking forward to implement. I'm looking forward to sharing in, in due course, obviously. So I'm sure that's going to keep me a little busy. <laughs> Just a little I'm, busy. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. <laughs> so what, what has been that, that best bit of advice that you've received during your career ascent? And what advice would you give to others now who are perhaps just starting out on the journey? The best advice I have ever received is really simple. Give it a go. You can always learn. And if I may, that leads me on to a really, really lovely quote by Bethany Hamilton. And she says, courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. So whatever you want to do in life, whatever you want to do in your career, whatever you want to try out at work, uh, and you, you sometimes that fear stops you or you're not sure about giving it a go because it's the first time you're doing things. It's the first time we always do something. We need to learn. You need to see whether it's something you, you know, duck to water on or, or if you're not, great learning and you, you go on to your next piece. So give it a go. Very good advice. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Avril. And I just want to take the opportunity to thank you again for sharing your career insights and experience and, and being part of the uh, Inspiring Tech Leaders podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> thank you. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for more inspiring tech leaders.